This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning and welcome to the chair. My name is Amy Bauman. I'm with For His Glory Ministry, and this is our weekly teaching. We come together each week figure out what chair we're sitting in, look at God's word, apply it to our lives, hopefully becoming more encouraged and more like Jesus. If you've been following along over the month of January, you'll know that we're looking at a specific series called Reclaiming Your Identity in Christ. And each week we've been taking steps in our journey to kind of understand How did we get here? How did we get in this chair today experiencing the wounds that we feel and the lack of identity that we can relate to? And each week we've been looking at understanding how do we move forward, reclaiming our identity. Last week we looked at dominion and authority, understanding the license that we have given to us by Jesus way back in Genesis and how the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy and take that license, take that dominion and authority and make us feel a lot of the ways that we've been feeling today, insecure, filled with lack, uh, without a purpose, without an identity. So I've been um, just excited over the course of this month to look at these steps so that we can reclaim our identity in Christ And I'm excited about this week as well. Today, we are going to put on the full armor of God. So I'm excited with what I have to share with you today. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you that we can come together and unpack your truth and your words and know that you have given us the tools and the resources on how to walk out our faith each and every day, Lord, and you've given us your full armor to put on. So I pray today that we will understand, have a better understanding of what that looks like, how we can put it on, the battle that we are in, so that we can keep our identity and know how to uh, walk out our faith in this world. So we thank you, Father, for everything that you're going to do. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you open up our hearts and our ears And I pray for a fresh anointing that I may speak your truth with love. And we ask these things in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So if I look back at the dark moments in my life, I wanted to give up. I didn't have the strength to keep putting one foot in front of the other and meeting life head on. I wanted to stay under the covers. I wanted to sleep the day away. I wanted to be alone in my sadness. And as I have talked with a lot of people on this journey of being in ministry, and I've listened to their stories and I've heard their accounts of their times struggling with their identity, I have heard the exact same thing from them. They wanted to pull away. They wanted to be alone. They contemplated even ending their life and believed that it would be best for everyone. So how is it that all of us are on different walks, 
sometimes uh, scattered throughout the United States and the world, and yet we're still listening to the exact same thing. It's because we have the same enemy, the devil, who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's easy to see where the enemy was encouraging me to give up. It's easy to see why I wasn't winning. Right now, as I sit in this chair, it's easy to look in and see where I was not believing God's word and the plans that he has for me. But at the moment, at the moment, all I could see was the lies. And the last thing that I wanted to do was fight. So maybe that's you today, right? Maybe today you're on the other side of that and you can look into your life and see the areas where you are struggling, the lies that you are believing. But maybe today you are like what I am describing. You have no more energy to keep moving. You just want to stay under the covers and let the day pass. And you have no strength left to fight. Perhaps you feel like all you've done is fight and you have no strength left. And maybe you've never even recognized that you were in a battle, receiving every blow from the enemy like it's just this normal thing to do. Well, as we take this next step in our journey, we're going to recognize that it is a battle, that we can't do it in our own strength. And that the Bible gives us a precisely what we need to fight. If we want to know about the battle that we're facing, then we need to go to God's word. Remember, that's our truth. That's our GPS. That is our manual for living given to us by God to walk out our faith every single day. And this is where he reminds us that the battle is real. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 tells us that we face an enemy that we cannot see and fight a battle, not with physical weapons, but with spiritual ones. And when we don't realize that it's a battle, we move through our lives day in and day out struggling, listening to lie after lie, believing that we are anything but the sons and daughters of God and who he created us to be. And one day we wake up to find our identities have been stolen, our families have been divided, and our health is hanging in the balance. It's as though we were struck in the night, we're injured and we're bleeding, and our adversary, the devil, has walked off with all the spoils. Ephesians 6.12 uses the word struggle in the NIV translation. But if we use the King James Version, the word is wrestle. For we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the darkness, against the dark forces of the, the enemy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have that verse in front of me right now. King James Version uses wrestle, though. So I want to look at that for a second. When we think about wrestle, and we think about the author who wrote it, which is Paul, and we have to remember that Paul was writing this for the readers of that time. And the readers of that time knew 
what it was to wrestle. During this period, men competed during the Greek Olympics and various festivals. So they understood the logistics of wrestling. Now, if you were in high school, you probably had a wrestling team. We did. Um, we did some different sports that were practicing around the wrestling team. And so we could see what it was, right? It's uh, two men uh, faced off to each other. They were on mats. Uh, they had to always face their opponent, you know, never turn your back. They needed to stay alert. You know, one sudden move could catch them off guard. And it was this physical contact, right? It was face to face, hand to hand combat. And they would circle this mat and one would go in for the other and try to bring the other person or the opponent down and pin them. So it was quite interesting to watch that in high school. But for the people of this time, uh, they knew exactly what Paul was talking about when he used that word wrestle. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Wrestle meaning we don't wrestle against uh, people hand-to-hand -hand combat in this way that we have an enemy and it's spiritual. So the reader of this time would have witnessed this sport at any of the various events and festivals and put into perspective what it's like to battle the enemy. They would have understood that we are fighting for our very lives and need to be ready for combat. We need to stay alert and can never turn our back on his attempts and what he is trying to accomplish. So first of all, in a lot of um, warfare and combat and, and books on that would tell you that you should know your enemy. You need to know who you're fighting against. So we need to know what are the enemy's goals. His greatest desire has always been to push us out of fellowship with God. He does that by lying to us, saying the exact opposite of God's truth, isolating us, making us feel like we want to withdraw from community, that we would rather stay home, under our covers, on our couch, not being with anyone. And his other goal is to distract us until we want to give up. He hates that we are created in God's image and that God sent Jesus to earth to demolish the enemy's plans. He's not creative, but he's consistent and uses strategies against us to wear us down at every turn, which is why when I just said here a few minutes ago, I've talked with other people locally, globally, uh, that have suffered with just depression and anxiety and um, feeling like they've lost their identity. And the things that they've experienced are all similar to this, believing the lies, um, feeling like they wanted to isolate and be alone, sometimes even wanting to end their life. But when he was kicked out of heaven, remember Lucifer, he was a beautiful angel. He wanted to be God. He was kicked out of heaven and his angels came with him. The Bible tells us that a third of the heavenly hosts fell with Satan. 
and we read that in Revelation 12, 9, and the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient servant who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Now these verses tell us that we're not just fighting against the devil, Satan, but his many minions, his many demons that fell with him that are on team Satan now. So it's not just one thing that we're fighting against, but we're fighting against the spirit of confusion, the spirit of addiction, the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of depression, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of anger, the familiar spirit, the spirit of jealousy, the lying spirit, the spirit of bondage, and the spirit of fear, just to name a few. We're not just fighting against the devil. We're fighting against the other angels that had fallen to earth as well. And while we're so busy bumping along in our lives, busy with the world and the calendar, you know, unaware of the battle and fighting each step of the way against the enemy, we're losing pieces of ourselves. We forget who we are, the power that we have inside of us because of Jesus and how truly the enemy is under our feet. You see, the devil knows who we are. He knows what we're capable of and he knows that he loses his effect when we wake up, rise up, and believe who we truly are in Christ. And when we use the full armor of God. So he relentlessly lies and tries and strategizes against us until we forget. Until we feel we are without hope. Until we want to give up. So are you able to see where the enemy has been working and strategizing in your life to distract you from God. Well, I want to point out some areas where he might be attacking you right now. Priscilla Shire, the author of The Armor of God, points out the enemy's strategies to attack. So I want to read some to you and see if you can recognize where maybe right now the enemy is attacking you. He'll try uh, to steal your passion. He seeks to dim your whole desire for prayer, dull your interest in spiritual things, and downplay the potency of your most strategic weapons, the armor of God. He's going to attack against your focus. He disguises himself and manipulates your perspective so you end up focusing on the wrong culprit, directing your weapons at the wrong enemy. How many times have you been feeling this attack and yet you respond by attacking your children or your husband or your spouse? And it's for the wrong reasons, right? Simple things that we, we fly off the handle. We lose our tempers. Another strategy is against your identity. He magnifies your insecurities, leading you to doubt what God says about you, to disregard what he has given you. 
He strategizes against your family. He wants to disintegrate your family, dividing your home and rendering it chaotic, restless, and unfruitful. Last week, if you joined us, I talked about um, dominion and authority, and I talked about the importance of having that dominion and authority in your home. That home needs to be your refuge, your place of peace. He'll try to attack against your confidence. He constantly reminds you of your past mistakes and bad choices, hoping to convince you that you're under God's judgment rather than forgiveness where God has forgiven you and the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did for you on the cross. He might try to strategize and try to attack your calling. He amplifies fear and worry and anxiety until they're the loudest voices in your head, causing you to deem the adventure of following God too risky to attempt. He might go against your purity. He tries to tempt you towards certain sins, convincing you that you can tolerate them without risking consequences. I've heard that lie before. It's okay. You can do this. You're strong enough to withhold. And, and it, again, it's, it's trying to make you tempt you and, and make you go off the path. And it only causes this wedge of distance between yourself and God. Another strategy might be against your rest and contentment. He wants to overload your life and your schedule, pressuring you to constantly push beyond your limits, never feeling permission to say no. I have been reminded so many times that there are good things and there are God things. And we really need to check with God first before adding to our schedule to make sure that it's something that he even wants for us. He may go against your heart. He uses every opportunity to keep old wounds fresh in your mind, knowing that anger and hurt and bitterness and unforgiveness will continue to stall you out, that will continue to keep you bound and not walking in the freedom that, that God gives us. We have to remember that what Jesus asks us to do is to forgive and let go. And then strategy number 10, against your relationships. He creates disruption and disunity within your circle of friends and with the shared community of the body of Christ. So if you're like me, you can read each one of those strategies and know that at some point in your walk, maybe that's today, you've been at war with the enemy. But what I love about God is that he doesn't leave us unprepared. He has given us armor, not any armor, but his armor to put on each day and fight. And just like we have in our relationship with Jesus, we have a choice. We can get up each day and choose to follow him, but we also need to choose to put on uh, the armor and fight with the resources that he's given us to fight against the devil. So I want to encourage you today that it's time. It's time to put on the full armor of God. It's time to fully reclaim our identity in Christ. It's time to to know the tools that the Lord has given us and to put them on.
So we want to put on today the belt of truth. The belt of truth holds all the other pieces in place. And it's God's truth, spiritual truth, what we learn from the Bible. We want to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness covers our heart and guards it along with the other vital organs. The breastplate is not comprised of our righteousness because the Bible is clear that none of us are righteous in ourselves, but it's made up of Christ's righteousness, which he freely gives us when we accept him as our savior. We need to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. What are you wearing today that centers your disposition on peace? We need his shoes. Those shoes we put on are centering us in God's peace so that we can speak peace into our families and our situations and our communities and that we will walk that out. When you think of shoes, you need a good pair of shoes uh, to walk out every single day. We need to be putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. And then here's a few pieces that are really important um, the shield of faith, right? We, we pick that up. Paul writes in Romans 12, 3, that God gives us with each of us a measure of faith. It's a gift. Faith is a gift. We then need to grow our faith by fellowshipping with the Lord and spending time in his word until our measure grows and develops. We can then pick up this shield of faith and block the fiery darts from the enemy, the tempting things he tries to throw at us, and we can live a victorious life. Now, it's so important to grow this shield of faith because if you have a, a measure of faith this big, you're not growing it, you're not pursuing it, you're not growing that faith muscle. Well, how many darts are you going to block with a shield this big? My friends, we need a big shield. We need to be able to block all of the fiery darts from the enemy. And so we need to grow our faith. And we do that by going to church, watching church online, being in Bible studies, being in community, studying God's word. We need to grow our faith. We then need to put on that helmet of salvation. It protects our head, perhaps the most vital part of our body, our brain is the organ with which we think and process and dream. And we need to protect our thoughts and not allow the enemy to penetrate our minds. I can do a specific study and teaching on each one of these things. This is just an overview of the, the gospel, but of the armor. But we need to be protecting our head and confident of our truth and throwing down those lies that the enemy is telling us. And then while all the other pieces of armor are defensive in nature, the, the last piece that we're going to pick up is the sword of the spirit, which is God's word, which is our weapon that we use uh, for offense. Hebrews 4.12 describes God's word as alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It was Jesus himself who showed us how to pick up this sword and fight against the enemy. 
And while he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, he fought the enemy by using this very sword. Each time that the enemy came at him, that the devil came on him with a temptation, he said, it is written. God's truth is powerful and will not only protect us from our enemy, the devil, but will help us fight when he tempts us. And then Paul uh, closes by saying, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see, it's not enough just to put on the full armor of God every day. We need to cover it with prayer. This prayer can be prayers that we say over ourselves or when we join our brothers and sisters in Christ and go to war with them, when we're standing in the gap, when we're praying and warring and fighting for each other. So we need to remember, first and foremost, that this is a battle, that we have an enemy whose desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has given us the armor, his very own armor, to put on every single day so that we can fight. And remember what Paul said about this. This is um, a wrestling match. This is hand-to-hand, face-to-face, personal contact. The enemy's going to try and hit you where it hurts. He's going to try and hit your job, your identity, your family your relationships. He's going to try and get in there and cause this seed of bitterness and resentment to grow using lies, using consistency, and using um, a team of minions. And we read about those, right? Spirits of addiction and confusion and fear and and, uh, suicide. Um, anger. He's going to use all kinds of ways to fight against us, but we are victorious because he who is in us, Jesus Christ, is greater than he who is in the world, and he's given us the tools to fight. So I want to leave us with this prayer today, right? Sometimes it can be overwhelming to hear all of this and understand that we're actually in a battle. But we do not need to fear. We need to keep stepping out our steps one day at a time, one step at a time, trusting and believing in God, trusting and believing in our Creator, our Designer, our Father, trusting and believing that He has great plans for us and He wants to give us the tools to walk out our faith. So I want to ask you today, what do you choose? When you get up each and every day, are you choosing Jesus? Are you choosing to now put on that full armor of God to fight? Are you going to choose to uh, keep stepping with him one step at a time, one day at a time? He gives us a choice. He gives us free will. He's given us the tools. I would encourage you to choose Jesus. I would encourage that your answer be yes, even in the hard times, even in the hard days, and that we will continue to have hope in that 
until he comes again. Amen? Let's close in this prayer. Father God, thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for allowing me to see this battle and for giving me the tools with which to fight. Help me put on the full armor of God every day and to bathe all of the components in prayer. I lift up myself, my family, my neighbors, and those I do not know and pray for your strength and truth. Thank you that you have already won this war. Thank you that you died on the cross to save me from my sins and you have conquered death. Thank you that I can step with you one step at a time, one day at a time, because you are greater and you are living inside of me and you are greater than the enemy that I am fighting against. I love you, I praise you, and I thank you. And all God's people said, amen. It's Tuesday, so we're going to be um, focusing on uh, the recovery meeting that happens every Tuesday at Oasis. Here's the information. I want to invite you that if you or someone you know and love is struggling with addiction and brokenness and maybe don't know their identity, uh, every Tuesday from 6 to 8, we meet in person in Holland at Oasis. We have a meal. We have community. We have uh, teaching, open share. But if you're not able, if you're not local and you're not able to join us in person, you can always join us online by joining our private Facebook group. And uh, the meeting will start at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's an hour. And we pray that it will be a great resource for you and a great encouragement for you while you're on your own journey. But thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. And until we can be together again, don't forget, put on that full armor of God. Be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.